You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how's it going today? It's going great. So we got these uh, couple episodes and then hoping to see your smiling face in Indy. That's right. That's right. Let's let's pull back the curtain on here a little bit. We yeah. are we are pre-recording these episodes. Uh, our episodes are always Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, and this week we were recording those early because, uh, yeah, you and I are both going to meet up at the Combine, get to check out this rookie class uh, in person. Uh, and get to meet up with each other once again. That was the first time we met. This will be the second I, time in history. I, I was yeah. going to say, I guess the, the only time we met in person was two years ago at the Combine. So looking forward to doing that again. And uh, and as I said, learning more about this rookie class. Uh, Matt, we're also uh, graced today by the presence of one of our favorites. We've got Curtis Patrick from Rotoviz. Curtis is, of course, the co-owner over there at Rotoviz. Also, the host of the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show, Curtis. How are you doing? Doing great. It's great to be back here uh, with you two, uh, lovely gentlemen. I'm very jealous uh, <laughs> that you're going to Indy. Uh, that's going to be a great time, I think, for a lot of people across the industry. But I'm very excited to hear what you think about you know a couple prospects this week. It's always enjoyable for me to get Matt's notes on the film. Uh, really appreciate that as part of my process each year. So, thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. We're going to jump right into it. We are continuing our rookie profile series uh, and Curtis will be with us on both episodes this week. So we're going to talk David Bell in just a few moments. But before we do that, Curtis, you guys over at Rotoviz every year release the uh, the Rotoviz rookie guide. Uh, and, and it's always, of course, uh, chock full of information, uh, as, as you always do with everything, uh, all of your products, all of your work. Uh, at Rotovis. So uh, I was excited to to check out this year's guide. And, and like I said, we're going to talk David Bell in a few minutes. So let's, let's kind of talk big picture wide receivers here. Matt and I have been talking about prospects one at a time, uh, just as, uh, as Kate and Marcus have been doing. But we haven't really talked about the overview of the class. So let's talk wide receivers. Uh, as you were helping to put that guide together, what kind of stood out about the wide receiver class as a whole this season? That's that's a great way to introduce, I think, the rookie class this year. There's been so much shade thrown at the 2022 class uh, relative to the excitement of 2023. It's kind of unfair because there's some really good players this year. And I think the more that I got into the class, the more excited I was about the depth at the wide receiver position. Uh, it might be lacking just a little bit of kind of that top-end sparkle on first glimpse, but a lot of that, as you peel it back, it has to do with COVID. You know, we don't have the same type of production that we can evaluate, the same number of games that we can evaluate, the players that held out. Um, it's just a totally different situation. And so uh, for this year, next year, you have to, especially for a site like us, that's so dependent on statistical profiles uh, and early breakouts, age, age and production uh, and combination is very important to us at Rotoviz. We have to take it all with a grain of salt. And so, you know, we have to open up our mind a little bit, widen our funnel of information that we take in 
but as I'm looking at this class, I'm still very excited to own first round rookie picks. I uh, want to make a lot of them just like I do every year. And I think in particular, the wide receiver position is the clear strength of the class. Really well said. And you mentioned the top of the class. It's safe to say there's no Jamar Chase in this class, but would the Bama receivers be ahead of anyone in this group for you? The the last year's last year's, last year's Smith, bit. yeah, yeah. Um, I think they're right there. You know, I think that they're right okay, there. Okay. You know, Waddle is a little tricky uh, for somebody like me because you know, with Alabama, and now we're seeing it with the Ohio State receivers. The statistical profiles get a little funny because those rooms are just full of four and five star players. And, you know, I think there's some sites out there doing something called like teammate score or some sort of way to quantify the quality of other players on the roster. I, I think those are probably worthwhile exercises, but it really comes down to is common sense. Got a lot of good players at these schools competing with each other for snaps, competing with each other for targets. And you have to look at those players a little bit differently. So do they have any games where they're able to dominate an inferior matchup and did the team feel comfortable directing, you know, extreme target share uh, when it came to it in those types of games and situations? Did they dominate when there was an injury? How did they look against other power five competition? Did they absolutely crush the non-power five, the group of five competition? And then when the stage was the biggest for Alabama and Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, those types of programs, how did those players match up against those other first and uh, second round future NFL stars? So last year's Alabama class, I think they fit into probably our tier one a, I guess you would call it of uh, wide receivers or uh, tier tier one B probably overall in the class. Real quick. I can ask another one since you, you kept mentioning Ohio state and Alabama and I'm sitting here thinking, does Jamison Williams just totally screw up your process then? <laughs> yeah, that, that one's so, you know, he's smart, man. And I don't know if he had anybody uh, planning his NFL, uh, his NFL career for him, even at the, the college uh, level. But when you think about it, I mean, this is a former, you know, high end high school recruit. It just didn't work out for him. You know, he came in during the same years as a lot of these other studs at Ohio State and he caught Alabama in a down year. They just graduated or lost these early declares. And besides Williams, I mean, really the other best players on the squad are a four-year player that never really truly ascended and John Mechie. And then he had all those high-end freshman guys. So the, the stage, you know, the, the stage was set for somebody to come in as a transfer and dominate. And I mean, to his credit, he did it. Yeah, a couple of really good points you made there, Curtis. First, uh, about COVID. You know, if, if we go back a year ago, um, not only are we more excited about some of the individual talents, yep. but we're also factoring in COVID because those players are coming off uh, essentially half of a season. You know, it seems like al almost every school uh, missed four or five, six games uh, in that 2020 season. Uh, but now uh, getting through somewhat of a, somewhat of a normal season, certainly some games were missed, but most, most programs got in. Uh, double-digit games at least. It, it seems like from a fantasy standpoint or from a, you know, from a, a player uh, analysis standpoint for these incoming rookies, we've, we've kind of forgotten about that. I think that's really important to, uh, to remind our listeners and remind Dynasty players that that still needs to be part of the process is thinking about that, uh, that 2020 season and, and how it affects uh, so much of, of what we think about these players. And, and, and the other thing I, I loved what you said is 
regarding the teammates and, and these stacked teams. And I think a lot of people are um, kind of slaves to the to the numbers, right? The breakout score uh, and, and dominator rating, all those things. And, and there's obvious value in that. But if you if, if you're going to eliminate players altogether, if they don't hit certain numbers, you're going to miss out on on Jalen Waddle and Devonte Smith and you know, one year in, those are looking like like players that could be, um, you know, top fifteen dynasty wide receivers, if not higher. Certainly, Waddle is already higher than that. Uh, so, fa- factor it in, but don't don't uh, don't eliminate players just based on uh, on those individual data points. Um, Curtis, let's talk really quickly about tiers here. Uh, we don't want to. We don't want to give away everything that's in the Rotoviz rookie guide, but I want to focus on your overall tier three, which includes Chris Olave, uh, Jahan Dotson, George Pickens, and Wandell Robinson, and of course you've got some other wide receivers ranked in, in in tier four and below. If you were going to pick one of those four, or or maybe even someone later who you expect to climb post combine, maybe even post NFL draft from a dynasty standpoint. Uh, which guy could could maybe jump up into tier two for you? I think of that of that third tier. So uh, Alave, Dotson, Pickens, and Robinson. To repeat them, it's probably either Alave, Dotson, or Pickens. Whoever gets the draft capital or the you know the familiar quarterback spot. I don't think there's anything that's going to happen. You know, at the combine or from an athletic measurable standpoint, that would you know vault them up into that next tier. But a, a great landing spot with some you know. Uh, where it looks like there's a, a easy path to early production without having to vault somebody on the on the depth chart, or you know you land you know with a, a great QB, maybe you're the wide receiver two in Green Bay, and Aaron Rodgers is back. Those types of things you know could could start to push a player up into the the back of a a higher tier. And then another player who once upon a time was a really big name, and then just had some injuries and a pseudo retirement that got in his way. But he he looks the the part in terms of being a power five contributor at an early age would be Justin Ross. And it's going to be really interesting to see what the NFL evaluators think of a player like that, because, man, a couple years ago, uh, you know, we were looking at him like he could be a Larry Fitzgerald type uh, college profile after his rookie season, um, doing yeah. everything that he did with the other great players at Clemson uh, on, on a high end team. And then it just kind of unraveled. But we've seen players kind of have a stickiness to their their profile once they put on that good tape at age 18 and everyone of course is familiar with what he did in high school so if he goes day two you know he he probably vaults into that third tier at minimum but maybe even up higher uh depending on how his medicals check out yeah good call on ross i think george pickens is in a a similar situation although Mm -hmm. hasn't fallen quite as far he's got the the injury history against him now if both of those guys check out medically uh, I can see both being risers. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to focus the rest of our episode on David Bell. We'll dig into him. He is in tier two, uh, according to the Rotoviz rookie guide. And we'll talk more about him right after this. There might be less football being played, but betonline.net has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season from scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. I mean, BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. 
From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. All right, welcome back. Remember, we've got Curtis Patrick from Rotoviz with us today. He'll be with us tomorrow as well. Um, we're ready to talk about David Bell. Curtis, I know Bell is a is a prospect who uh, showed pretty well according to your all's uh, your data. A little bit higher, it seems, in your rankings than maybe he is in uh, other rankings or or even our early ADP. So, what is it about Bell that that you guys over there at Rotoviz really like? Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you just try not to overthink it. I mean, he had yeah. a huge freshman season at age eighteen when Rondale Moore was still on that squad. Uh, over 80 receptions, over 1,000 yards. Um, he was coming off uh, a 23-touchdown a uh, senior season in high school, uh, which really vaulted him up up the boards, which for those of you that don't follow high school closely, that's an insane number of receiving yeah. uh, touchdowns. Yeah. Um, so when he came in and he did it right away in Purdue, even when they already had another stud and more, I think that was uh, very impressive. Of course, he's a different type of receiver than Moore. Uh, he can play on the perimeter. You know, he does have the size uh, to his profile, which is great. And, you know, his peak, it's not just the early breakout. It's that, you know, he ended up having a, a great peak year as well. And and one of the, uh, one of the um, metrics that we really have come to enjoy over the last couple of years at Rotoviz uh, was created by Travis May and Blair Andrews. So Travis is our Devi coordinator and Blair is our managing editor uh, for the site. Uh, it's called adjusted production index, and it takes into account, you know, a mixture of of peak production, um, and then it lays it out over the course of history, you know, dating back to the year two thousand. And, and and Bell has a top quartile API, which is great. You know, if he gets day one or two draft capital, he's basically a lock to be a wide receiver too, uh, at some point uh, in his NFL career, which which is fantastic. And he looks like the type of player that can you really imagine an offense that he wouldn't work in? And I know Matt is really. Uh, more of the film guy, so I'm really excited to to you know hear his notes uh, on Bell. But I just can't really think of a a bad spot for a player that can be a chain mover and also can get it done a little bit after the catch. I think some notes that I'm really curious about are going to be his speed um, because I think it could make him a value in rookie drafts without actually changing my opinion. So players like this, you know, Keenan Allen comes to mind. Players that run a a, a low or a high four six or a low four seven even that have just proven that they can get open. It hasn't really shown to matter. Jarvis Landry, another type like that. You know, maybe Bell ends up playing inside a little bit more than he did in college. But I just think you know he's the type of player like Justin Jefferson a couple years ago. He checks so many boxes. I just don't want to overthink it. Uh, he comes in at my number six player overall right now. He's one of the eight wide receivers that we've got in the first round of our uh, composite rankings. Uh, and and none of us are are lower than eighth overall at Rotoviz, and that that group includes me, Sean Siegel, Blair Andrews, and Travis, who I already mentioned, uh, and Dave Caven as well. Really good stuff there, and 
I don't even care what his 40 is, to be very honest, mm-hmm. you know, to your point. I mean, unless it's a 4.8 or something crazy, but I mean, I'm not real concerned. I'll, I'll take the under on 4.8. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you mentioned the production, and, and a couple things stand out to me with this guy's production is consistent touchdown producer, and I know mm-hmm. that can be, you know, can waver, but it's three years in a row doing it at a high level. And, you know, you started the show talking about how COVID has screwed up some of our statistical analysis. Yeah. That second year, I mean, in six games, he lit the world on fire, and I'm not sure everybody noticed that. Yeah, let's let's take a step back for those who might not be as familiar with, with David Bell, as uh, certainly as Curtis is. Uh, Bell is from Purdue, a junior wide receiver, so he's an early declare, which we always like to see. 21 years old, 6 feet 2, 205 pounds. And, and Curtis, you referenced that freshman season. He comes in, Rondell Moore was in and out of the lineup, but certainly still a factor. Um, as, as Moore was coming off his huge freshman year uh, the previous season. And all Bell does is catch 86 balls, over 1,000 yards, and seven touchdowns. Matt, you referenced the second year for Bell, which was the uh, the year COVID cost, uh, cost the team about half their games. He only played six games, still catches 53 passes, 625, and, and ends up with a career high, eight touchdowns in those six games. And finally, Curtis, you talked about the peak season. That was this past year. 93, nearly 1,300 receiving yards and six more touchdowns. He was the Big Ten Freshman of the Year in 2019. And the numbers are all on his side. Uh, Kind of the opposite of the Ohio State and and Alabama situation. Outside of Rondell Moore, uh, there there weren't many other options for Purdue. Uh, But he ends up with over 30% dominator rating. Uh, nearly 28% market share in receiving yards only. Uh, so he's he's doing most of the work for the Boilermakers over the past three seasons. Um, Matt, let's let's go over to you. Curtis said he was excited to hear from you on, on what you've seen from Bell. What do you consider the strengths for David Bell? Um, one, of, one of his strengths is no discernible weaknesses to me. You know, yeah. I mean, there's not a big problem area or... Uh, you know, as we were talking about earlier, he's only a slot or only an outside or isn't going to fit this scheme. I mean, I think 32 teams will have starting grades on him. Not, not, I don't think anyone's going to look at him as the number one receiver, but I'm going to steal this from Lance Zerline. I heard him talking about Bell a little bit, and I, I forget exactly how he called it, but he used a, a baseball reference where maybe he doesn't have a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, but he paints the corners. He sets you up. He'll throw you a knuckle here and there you didn't see coming. Like, he has a lot of clubs in his in his golf bag, you know, just to steal yet another sports metaphor here. Yeah, one thing that really has, has stood out to me uh, for Bell, specifically this past season, but really his entire career, is he has stepped up against the top competition. So you look at his at his game logs only, even if you miss these games, just looking at the box scores – uh, Purdue played Iowa this season when this past season when they were number two in the country uh, when Iowa was. Bell catches eleven passes, two hundred forty <laughs> yards, and a touchdown. Wow. He played uh, or Purdue played Michigan State when they were number three in the country. Eleven catches, two hundred seventeen yards, yeah. and a score. And he played Curtis's Buckeyes when Ohio State was number four in the country. Eleven catches, uh, just over a hundred yards. So eleven catches against uh, three top four teams in the country. And you see that kind of consistently uh, with Bell that uh, when when it's a big game, he's stepping up. I love to see that. 
Uh, when we come back, we will finish up the David Bell conversation. We'll talk about some of those weaknesses as well as his NFL draft and dynasty value. All right, let me take a chance here, you know, a little time out of our, to talk about rockauto.com. Um, they've been a really good good friend of the Locked On Network now for a long time, and they do amazing work. And with all the increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need for your car, truck, whatever, in a traditional chain storefront. It just makes no sense. So a lot of you do a lot of work on your cars, and it makes a lot of sense financially or as a hobby or whatever. You got to check out rockauto.com because their prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do, for example. Um, Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you're looking for. Their catalog's extremely easy to navigate. Uh, see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specs, prices you prefer. Uh, I mentioned that the prices are always reliably low and same for, for, for professionals as they are for you guys. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So here's what you do. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in there. How do you, how did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you. That's locked on two words, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Thanks for making locked on dynasty. Your first listen every day. Be sure to check out tomorrow's episode when we welcome Curtis back and talk about Notre Dame running back Kyron Williams. Now, make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL quarterback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. All right, Curtis. Um, we were talking about just the, the dominating performances that uh, David Bell has had against some of the top teams. Uh, tell us more as 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 you've dug into the numbers a little bit at Rotovis. Yeah, absolutely. You were talking about kind of thumbing through the box scores, uh, Ryan. And we actually have a tool at Rotovis called the Box Score Scout, the Prospect Box Score Scout, and you can go in there and play with it. Give different college prospects uh, a, a different draft pick. So I could go through a simulation where David Bell's a second round pick or a third round pick, but I, I get to put in his weight and put in his forty. Both of those measures, very important uh, in, in wide receiver profiles. And the top 10 closest Sims for his production, my assumed draft capital for David Bell, which is NFL round two. Be curious to see what you guys think about that. But a, a weight of two. No, I think you're dead on with that. Okay, so that's good. I got yeah. I got the Matt Williamson stamp of approval there. <laughs> that's uh, not worth that much. <laughs> and a weight of 205 and a, and a 40 of 4.6. You know, it'll, it'll, it'll probably be slightly under, but I, I like to round. It's easier. Uh, but of his 10 closest Sims in that tool, it's it's pretty astounding that eight of the 10, I think, would be great outcomes. And they include Keenan Allen, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon LaFell, and Robert Woods. That's eight of his 10 closest mm. Sims. And so those are all players, when you think about it, that have been able to win you know, multiple ways in the NFL. Uh, none of them... Uh, uh, save for DeAndre Hopkins were round one NFL draft picks. And none of them are burners. Like these are all guys that no, they just, thinking, they yeah. produce, they've scored touchdowns at every level. They've looked good in multiple offenses. 
And that's I think that's what David Bell is. The only two whiffs in his top ten are Mohamed Sanu and Ruben Randall, both of which were still you know flex viable multiple seasons in their career. So this is just a player from a, a fantasy perspective. You can't really go wrong, even if you put him at the end of your tier. Uh, he's a guy that I think you're going to end up happy with on on those dynasty rosters. Safe is always a scary word mm-hmm. to use with prospects because we know no one has an easy transition, but boy, he seems safe. Yeah, he seems safe. Um, I mean, we would have said the same thing about a lot of those players uh, that, that Curtis listed there. And uh, another thing that maybe they have in common is we don't necessarily view them as having uh, huge upside. Uh, in fact, sometimes they're just viewed as, as kind of boring options when it comes to fantasy or dynasty. I think that's part of what might be keeping uh, David Bell's value down right now. Uh, In our DLF rookie ADP, this is a one quarterback ADP. He's going uh, as the 10th overall player. Curtis mentioned that he's got him ranked sixth overall. So that certainly feels like a value. Uh, We also have some startup ADP early with the rookies included. And he's just inside the top 100 at 97 overall being drafted around guys like Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard and Trey Lance. Again, that is one quarterback ADP. So, uh, I mean, Curtis, do you feel like that's kind of the right neighborhood for him at this early point? I think he's, he's a value there. The only thing yeah, that would yeah, cause him yeah, to, yeah. to not be a value would be if he somehow slid out of day two of the NFL draft. And I don't think anybody foresees that happening unless he like injures himself at the combine or something. So uh, yeah, uh, my stamp of approval on, on David Bell and startups inside the top 100, really, I think he probably is, is, is better in like the seventh round of those one QB startups is where I'd be targeting him. I mean, even if he lands in Houston at the top of round three, that wouldn't, I mean, I'm having a hard time envisioning scenarios where, it would hurt him dramatically. I mean, again, like you said, unless he's a fifth-round pick and we just didn't see that coming. But if he goes anywhere on day two, I have a hard time finding a spot where I'd be like, man, that really killed him. Yeah, so we've been using, through this series of rookie profiles, we've been using the website Grinding the Mocks to to give us an idea of what the expected draft capital might be. Currently, uh, Bell is listed at 54 overall. Uh, so just uh, just inside that second round where we've been uh, kind of projecting him to be. But surprisingly, he's he's the wide receiver 10 on their uh, on their ranks. And and they basically we've said it before, but they basically take every mock they can find several hundred of them and average them together. Uh, I mean, if Bell falls to the wide receiver 10 in the NFL draft, some team is getting a steal, a steal Curtis. Uh, totally agree. Uh, nothing to add to that. Uh, let's let's hit a little bit on his weaknesses before we wrap up here. And Matt, you said is he he doesn't really have an obvious weakness. We all kind of talked about the speed. He's he's not a guy that's going to uh, set any kind of records with his forty. Um, but we also said earlier, Matt, if if the if the main uh, negative or weakness you can find about a player is he doesn't have elite speed, that's a pretty good sign. Hundred um, percent. You know the other one that's listed here, and I've seen some people mention it are you know struggles with fifty fifty catches, and I haven't watched every snap of them. I didn't notice that, but that would be somewhat of a concern. You know, if he's not exploding out of his breaks, and he's going to have to make a lot of contested catches at the next level, even if he you know reaches the Michael Thomas levels of usage, that would concern me a little. But I didn't see much of that. 
Let's finish up here with landing spot. And and I think Curtis, you said it well earlier in the show that there's not really a bad landing spot for David Bell. He's, he's, uh, he can really do it all for any team and, and any team could use him, but where would you like to see him land in the NFL draft to maximize his dynasty value? Oh man, it's, it's pretty tough. I'm looking at the list of teams that that you guys have listed in the show sheet and pretty much all of them excite me. Yeah, they all excite me, but I I think uh, a team that already has a really, really well-established wide receiver one with bell Mm -hmm. going in, there's a, a, the alternate option, you know, maybe running a different part of the route tree. That would be really exciting. So I think about a team like I actually mentioned green Bay uh, earlier in the show. I think that would be an amazing landing spot. Uh, Cleveland has a lot of vacated targets and Stefanski, you know, likes those intermediate routes. I think him going in there and learning from Jarvis Landry, that would give that team uh, some really interesting options. Um, And then I think, you know, Las Vegas with, with Josh McDaniels, David Carr uh, being, uh, I always say David Carr still to this day, we all do. We all do. I'm 38 years old. I'm still saying David Carr. It's Derek Carr. Uh, It's really, that's frustrating, but they didn't see a, a wide receiver really, uh, break out on that squad, but they're ready to win. They're looking for somebody to drive the ball to Darren Waller's really, I think the only entrenched uh, target hog in the offense. So that's another exciting spot. Uh, but, but really all of the 10 to 12 teams you've got listed here would be awesome. Do you think There's not uh, many bad spots? Yeah. Do you think Hunter Renfro there is, is kind of established or do you view him more as a, a little bit of a fluke? Um. I mean, somewhere in between. Uh, yeah. I, I I think that if the team has if the team has you know weapons that can be used more downfield and the offense can become more explosive, that would be you know probably good for everybody. I don't think Renfro is going to go away, but you know I I think his role also looked a little bit different you know before and after Henry Ruggs. So you know we'll have to see you know, we'll have to see what you know a player like Bell landing there would do to him. I would say in five or six or seven years when Hunter, when Hunter Renfro is, is uh, retired and gone, we look back at 2021 and say that was his best season. That's probably a smart bet. The only thing I'd fight you guys on a little bit on Vegas is I just think what they'll be after is a rugs replacement. And, you know, going back that big, you know, Al Davis, they're going to care about 40 times. I just don't know that he'll be for them, but if he did land there, I think he'd do great. Hey, Curtis, we've mentioned the Rotoviz rookie guide a couple times or a few times in this episode. Uh, we'll we'll hit it more tomorrow as well, but uh, let our listeners know where they can get that and, and anything else we need to know about the, about the rookie guide. Sure. Well, thanks, guys. You can go to rotoviz.com. Just click on 2022 rookie guide. Pretty easy to find it uh, on the front page of the website there. And we do three volumes. I think that's what I would want people to know. So volume one comes out. We're really just looking at uh, production age and you know overall prospect profile in volume one we actually put that out within a couple of days of the nfl uh declare day deadline uh and then you know volume two will come out after indianapolis and some of the key pro days so we'll be able to make some adjustments for athletic measurements again it's really more of maybe a negative to some people that don't hit key thresholds than than a workout warrior really zooming up the boards because if you don't see it in the box score at some point in college there's probably something to do with that 
over the course of time, you would be better off just looking at production rather than athleticism. Uh, although ideally, you know, we trust the NFL teams to kind of mold them together. And then volume three comes out within a couple of days of the NFL draft. We know that that really busy dynasty rookie draft season is with the first week or two after the NFL drafts. We want you to have this in our, in your hands at that time. We'll continue to put new mock drafts, new rankings and additional prospect analysis in each of those volumes. You get all three just for 20 bucks. Uh, yeah. I, and, oh, and there's a 15% coupon for or coupon code rather for uh, a rotoviz subscription when you buy a rookie guide all right curtis thanks for joining us today we certainly love your work at rotoviz uh and and a big part of that is the rotoviz rookie guide that is it for today's show please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on apple podcast spotify or wherever you get your podcast remember to follow the show at locked on dynasty follow matt at williamson nfl and i'm ryan mc23 We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.